and welcome to the show, not live from the district. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm happy to bring along with me for the first episode of the season, as usual, T-Hole. T-Hole, how are you? Just wonderful. Glad to be back. Excited to start football season. It's been a long, boring baseball season. Let's get to the real deal here. Ready Man, I don't even know what baseball is anymore. I've forgotten about that sport. And also... As a special guest, uh, we have Jennifer, a, a, um, a contributor with Razzball with us. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm good, Jay. How are you? Good. I actually just realized I asked you specifically what you prefer, <laughs> Jen or Jennifer, and then I go ahead and call you Jennifer. So I'm going to go ahead and start calling you Jen because that's what you prefer. Um, that was me. a mistake of mine already. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Training camp has started, which means football is nearing. Uh, I have to say football has one of the longest off seasons uh in all of sports um this year it's a little different because there there is you know as Tihol said a boring baseball season as there is every year but we also have the olympics coming up uh we have an election going on which is um always great uh especially if you're a democrat right now and um you know we don't like to cover politics at least i don't really like to cover politics but so that's all i'll say but with training camp starting football is coming to a close and T-Hole, you've actually started putting out your rankings, and I want to get right to it. You still have love for Tyrod Taylor. Can you explain to me this love? Like, how did it form? What, what was it? What was uh, the genesis uh, of this guy in your thoughts and prayers? Uh, just explain to me your, your feelings on him. Right, and I mean, people can go back, fact check this, check the YouTube dates. I predicted the stardom. I knew this was coming. I've always been a fan since college. I just knew I, what I basically knew is that in Buffalo, they had Matt Castle and E.J. Manuel's bum-ass. And I knew that this guy, on paper, I'd seen him in the preseason. Talent-wise, this guy was above and beyond both those guys, plus he'd be one of the best running quarterbacks immediately. I thought he was going to have Percy Harvin, Watkins, Clay. I thought all these guys were going to be healthy. Obviously, they were majorly banged up, and he still balled out. So it, was, it had a lot to do with the weapons they had in place, and I thought, and I just thought he would be a big upgrade there. So I thought a great addition to the squad, and it's kind of worked out that way. We'll see what happens this year. Everybody go check the, the YouTube video. I went off. I went in. Tyrod Taylor, before he was even given the job, I don't know how that happened. I got no credit for it, but we'll see what happens when you're on out. It should be a national story. I was expecting to get coverage from ESPN. All the big sites for me predicting elite production and man you were so excited your computer even beeped there that <laughs> your computer's excited now jen i i do want to go to you really quick because uh this is the first time you've been on the show and i do th so this is the first time i get to kind of when i actually first uh met you i haven't actually met you but you know when i first talked to you it was like a few years ago it's interesting because uh jfo everyone knows jfo jack full of hate he he's a former writer uh, for Asval. He actually, um, he called me. I don't know, have you guys ever talked to him on the phone before? Oh, yeah, lots of times. Yeah, so you know, you, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Um, so when I'm talking with J-Fo, just a sweet guy, like I've actually met him in person. I, I've hung out with spring training with him. And uh, like when you meet up with him, he's like this big, huge teddy bear, essentially. And um, he kind of exudes that on the telephone. And But it, it's interesting because when you talk to him on the telephone conversation, I, I kind of I compare it to like listening to a Peter Frampton song almost to where, you know, it starts out great, like you're really into it. 
and then like eight minutes later, you're like, when does the song end? I, I have no idea. But um, <laughs> he did he did mention that he read you over on um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's Red Sox Life website, correct? That you correct. also write for. I do. Yeah. Right. So so you're a Boston sports fan. Uh, oh God, yeah. I forgive you. Yeah, I forgive you. <laughs> Lots of people um, do. That's but, all right. Right. Yeah. You know, we no one's perfect. So um, <laughs> he mentioned it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. This is great. Um, we should we should definitely look into this uh and you know he brought up the fact that you were of course female which is you know a normal thing for humans to have you know i'd say half humans are female but anyhow regardless i thought it was a great idea of course i'm going to listen to him and um so the next day i'm meeting up with one of my friends she was a lawyer or she is a lawyer and we were talking about it prototypical bernie sanders voter not to bring politics in but just to describe her in one sentence and um so i was like hey this is great we got our first female contributor for asball you know and and she's like oh really and i'm like yeah yeah and she's like so everyone else is all guys i'm like yeah she you know that's how it is you know in, in this kind of uh atmosphere and she's like okay can i can i see her twitter account i'm like yeah yeah sure here you go and so she's browsing through my Twitter, you know, and then immediately she she looks at me and she puts up the phone and it's, of course, a tweet of JFO. It's like a conversation between you two. And let's just say JFO mentioned something about pearls and it wasn't, you know, like a euphemism for seafood. It was, it was something else. And she gave me the dirtiest look. And, you know, it was it was the dirtiest look to where you remember it three years later and actually bring it up on a podcast. So I, I figure um, I should at least let you know that that was kind of my first experience with you. I not the not the pearls part. But the, <laughs> the whole experience. But, it, you know, it leads me to believe I did want to talk about Tyra Taylor with you. But I, I would just like to get kind of your sense, because I've never gotten a chance to talk to you about it on air, of, you know, how it is being, you know, kind of like, I don't want to call it a men's world. But it, it is, I, I mean, I guess that that is probably correct. You know, it is kind of a corner of the world where there are more male uh, writers than female writers. It, it's, you know, first of all, we're talking about football. And so I don't know how, how do you feel about it? How's your, your experience been about it? Do you, do you enjoy it a lot more than you thought? Well, just, just give me your overall experience on it. Well, I mean, you know, in, initially I think it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of nerves there because, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, being a, a woman um, in the sports world, it's kind of like, you know, what are you doing here? You don't know anything, you know, go watch gymnastics or something like that. So, um, I think initially, uh, you know, there was a lot of intimidation, you know, because um, I didn't really have a fan base. I didn't have readers for uh, Razzball, but carried a lot of people over from Red Sox Life. But I think over the years, you know, writing with you guys and, you know, just our banter back and forth, um, you know, I used to joke around back in the day that you were my Razzball brothers, and that's basically... Well, what it feels like, you know, I, I feel like I'm the sister of a whole bunch of brothers. So, you know, occasionally you get the, the jerk off who, uh, right. you know, feels it necessary to assert his manliness. Um, yeah, this is a pretty dysfunctional family, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what, whenever, whenever that has, what's that? Yeah, I like, I like how T-Hole tries to chime in when I mention this dysfunctional family. Just so right on cue, man. Who is the worst? Who is the most inappropriate? Who Who is stepped forward to you at Razbar, anybody in the industry, I want names, who's offended you? <laughs> you know what, that's the thing, it's it's never been anybody at Razbar, like, you guys have been so welcoming, it was, uh, it was actually really easy, and, you know, when I was doing my first article, I was getting DMs from just about everybody at Razbar, like, you know, do you need help, what do you need, do this, do that, don't worry, it'll be great, kind of thing, 
Um, but you know, every once in a while someone will tweet. But it was this was early on. It doesn't really happen that much anymore, but someone would tweet, you know, just something really nasty. And before I could even respond to it, you know, I had T-hole, I had JFO, I had Sky, I had everybody like on this person. So I, I think that, you know, I, I kind of call you guys my guard dogs. I think that, uh, you know, the readers have kind of caught on like, it, you know, if you go after Jen, number one, she can hold her own, but number two, she's bringing her brothers with her. So that's actually been pretty cool. You know, you guys had my back. Yeah, I think my, actually my opening statement to you was that I was an Obama voter just to kind of ease the tension. <laughs> I use that a lot. Like when I want to establish dominance over people, I'm just like, yo, I'm an Obama voter. So, okay. So actually I promised I wouldn't talk about politics that much, but I don't think that's politics. It's just, I think it's, you know, people who follow me on Twitter, I think they know uh, where I align with politically oh, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously T-Hole is in the liberal bastion of Seattle. Um, <laughs> so we all know where he, uh, he falls. And I'm sure since you are female and you care about being a female that you are also, uh, leaning to the left a little. Is that correct? Please turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, to not get political, you know, having Trump want to, uh, throw women in jail for, um, seeking their reproductive needs kind of freaks me out quite a bit. But, yeah, I, I think it would be safe to say that I lean to the left, you know. I played softball for about 35 years, so um, a lot of my softball friends lean to the left, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, I think that's the thing, too. Like, I don't want to be coy about it. We are obviously talking about politics. But, honestly, I would say that I don't disagree, you know, kind of out in the open. I don't disagree with people that often, but that's mainly because I'm in my own bubble. Like, mainly the people I hang out with mm -hmm. carry the same political views. That, that wasn't by choice. It's just, you know, I think... You know, the people you hang out with are reflections of yourselves. I know T-Hole probably has, uh, I mean, it's Seattle. I, I think the conservative movement up there is like at 2% at the moment. So, um, and they're all outside of Seattle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not that I don't really disagree with them. It's just I don't have anyone to disagree with. So um, it just becomes an echo chamber, which is probably, you know, it can be a negative. But in an election year like this, it's probably a positive because, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like uh, the other side is kind of fueled on this uh, bigotry and hate, and it has really nothing to do with policy, so so it's easy to kind of drown out. But moving quickly away from that, I, you know, we got kind of sidetracked. The Tyrod Taylor hype. Um, are you are you kind of on the same side with Teal here, Jen, on Tyrod Taylor? I, I personally, I, I like him a lot. I think he's a great value mid-rounder. I think he's going to do a lot of good things this year. I think... Um, he could actually, he has a higher ceiling from where you could draft him as opposed to other uh, mid-rounders at the quarterback position. Uh, just give me your thoughts, I guess, on, on, on this hype. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, last year I I wasn't quite on the, the Tyrod Taylor uh, fan train that T-Hole was, but you know what, I have to admit I'm slowly starting to, uh, he's starting to really impress me. Um, but I do have to ask T-Hole, um, did you send him his birthday card? It is his birthday today, Tyrod Taylor's. I should know that. I should know that. Thanks for reminding me. I was in my calendar now. I, will I keep tweeting my video, my 10-minute, literally, no cuts, no tit, no breaks, no tit, nothing video I did strictly for him, probably the most complicated. And you don't even know his birthday? <laughs> and he won't even retweet it. I think it's because I dissed some players on his team. Come on, you're talking, you're talking to a Patriots fan. She knows his birthday. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, though? Be careful. He's the guy who's going to take down 
the Patriots, so she should get to know him, read the bio, okay. learn about him. Yeah, yeah. Birthdays. That's that kind of thing will get you cut here in Pittsburgh. Let's go ahead and stick with the Bills. <laughs> um, minor news. I don't. I don't really know why I'm bringing it up, but it was, you know, I do want to catch up on This is the first episode, as, as stated, just in case people forgot. And so, just sticking with this, we've missed a lot of news uh, for the offseason, but... So, a little snippet was that Reggie Bush uh, signed with the Bills. He used to be, I don't know what you call it, like a, I guess he would be PPR vi- uh, viable, I guess is the best thing I could say about him. Um, he kind of fallen off due to injury. He had that, I think that freakish home base slide that he tore his ACL in St. Louis, I believe, uh, back when they had a football team uh, so long ago. But I don't know. I He's with the Bills, who obviously enjoy running the ball. You know, we, we have Tyra Taylor, who, you know, they, they don't really run a zone system, but they do make it an option for him to uh, change the game with his legs. But with that comes outlet passes to his running backs. So I don't know. what uh, is there anything we should pay attention here with uh, with uh, Reggie Bush signing with the Bills? Well, I think, uh, number one, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how he feels about that tweet he sent out back in, what was it, 2009 about the Bills now, um, kind of trash-talking them back in the day. But uh, I'm going to kind of question whether or not um, – what he's going to bring to any sort of special teams ability. Um, You know, uh, the Bills have been historically uh, lacking in that particular area, Um, and I'm wondering if that's their plan to utilize Bush in that area, and if so, is that knee going to hold up? That's what I have to keep coming back to. You want me to chime in on the Buffalo Bills? My squad, Reggie Bush, he's coming, add him to the collection of game-breakers to the team. I couldn't be happier to welcome Reggie Bush, one of the best-looking men in the NFL. I'm going to say it out loud. Yes, he is a very attractive man. And he's still got some game-breaking ability, so that's all I want. If, he, if they got to put him in there in third downs because Carlos Williams badass, is too lazy to get in shape and is smoking weed all offseason, doesn't want to build on a positive rookie campaign, bring in Reggie Bush, put him in every third down every once in a while, let him catch a little dump off and take it down the field. That's all I can ask for is more weapons for Tyrod Taylor. Of course I'm ecstatic about it. Man, I feel like that was like a free rap by T-Hole. <laughs> like you, you doing your Drake impersonation or some shit right now. <laughs> all right. You know what? We got to we gotta take our first break because I got a special, uh, special announcement that we got Kevin Kump, our old IDP writer, on the line. He's ready to join the show. So we're going to take our first break of the night. And when we get back, we'll have Kevin with us. All right, T-Hole, I have to ask you, have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online, like with the with the Ticketmaster uh, Nazis or fascists? Jeez Louise, Jay, I cannot stand Ticketmaster. Yeah, I really can't either. I mean, with the hidden charges, you buy a ticket for what? You buy a t- concert to see Lady Gaga, because I know that's, uh, that's your girl. And, uh, you know, they come out to be $50, you get front row seats, and then you pay all the ticket fees, all, all the lame taxes, surcharges, and it winds up being a $3,000 ticket. I know you've experienced something like that, right? Happens to me all the time. It's, specific, it's funny you mentioned Lady Gaga. I was uh, hitting that up a couple years ago after I saw the video where... Okay, wait, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Well, <laughs> well, there's so many videos, so I'm glad you were able to specify one to uh, use that as your apparatus. But, um, yeah, so I want to talk about SeatGeek, T-Hole. I want to introduce that place to you. Actually, you told me that you actually know about SeatGeek, and... So you already know about SeatGeek. 
Gray knows about Sea Geek over on the baseball site. I actually don't, but from what I heard is amazing stuff. They actually pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so it's kind of like your your kayak, your Priceline type of website, but for tickets. But on top of that, there are no hidden charges, T-Hole. Can you believe that? You won't have to pay for a $3,000 ticket ever again. You're kidding me. I am not kidding you. This how is for real, dog. This is for real. This is the real stuff. How is that even possible? How are these guys even making money? I feel like I need to get in this business and maybe take some money because they shouldn't even be making money. Are they going the – is this kind of like the Amazon route, like where it's like they just plug – they're just filling everybody's need even though they're taking a loss every quarter, but eventually the big boom comes because they're so popular type of thing. Is that what's going on here? Either way, I love <laughs> – I use it all the time, and I will, at this point, hoping to get an even bigger discount from them. Since we're partnering with them, I would love to do that. I will never use another website ever again. I mean, I'll be honest, y'all. They might actually be losing money because, as of right now, listeners to this podcast will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Now, that's pretty cool. So any tickets that you get over on that site, um, you get a $20 rebate off of your off of your tickets, and you can download this app, which is free, by heading over to uh, the SeatGeek website, SeatGeek.com, or you can find it on your, uh, you know, your Droid, or I don't know what Apple users, u- Apple users use, but you can find it over there. And all you need to do is add the promo code. It's RazMLB, because we're still in the baseball season. I know this is a football podcast. We haven't gone crazy here, at least not yet, T-Hole. But right now, the promo code is RazMLB. That's R-A-Z-Z-M-A-L-B. And uh, SeatGeek will send you that $20 after you made your first uh, ticket purchase. So uh, enjoy that, listeners. And welcome back from the break. I'm happy to bring back Jen and T-Hole here. But we also have Kevin, as promised. He was our old IDP writer. Uh, we did not fire him. I just want to establish that. Um, he did. He's busy uh, raising a family. Or I guess you're raising a family. You... You know, when we were, uh, when you last wrote, or when we last spoke, you had just gotten back from, around that time, I think you were coming back from India uh, as a honeymoon. Is that correct? Am I remembering right, or am I just hallucinating? Yeah, I was uh, I was in India for work, but I was in Argentina for the honeymoon, so I've been uh, a little bit of a world traveler in the last year, so getting uh, getting a new job underway. So, personal life interference, but uh, happy to be on the podcast. Yeah, congratulations on that, and we're always happy to have you. Although, I do have a little bit of a beef, because every... I swear to God now, it's every other post I write, everyone's like, are you going to do IDP rankings? Are you going to do IDP mm-hmm. rankings? And I always have to give them the same spoof. It's like, hey, here's Kevin's address. Write a strongly worded letter to him. And uh, he made... No, actually, I, I promised them that you'd be on the pod um, a lot this year, so you could help him out. Because I'll be honest, you know, talking is a lot easier than typing. I think we can all agree on that. But the other main reason why we have you here, and we're going to go off on a little side. I know we're here to talk about fantasy football, but we talk about everything, is, you know, I haven't gotten a chance, and I don't think Teal has gotten a chance. All, everyone who's listened to the show previously knows we're big Game of Thrones fans. And um, obviously... The season's been over for a while, and there is going to be a delay for season seven. If those who don't know yet, um, just because they'd like to record later in the in the year to make things look darker, it's bullshit. Whatever that excuse is, I want my <laughs> Game of Thrones season now. But um, I just wanted to hear from you, Kevin, what you uh, thought about the season as a whole. Uh, what, what were you, kind of the favorite things that stuck out in your head uh, about the season? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, it was a good season. It had some really high highs and then some kind of dud episodes in the middle. But uh, yeah, going off book, I think they just moved the ball forward a lot, which was interesting, which was, I don't know, it was kind of bittersweet. It was a very slow and methodical show for a while, and they really kind of put their 
foot in the gas uh, this season. But I thought, I mean, uh, the Battle of the Bastards is pretty impressive just from a visual perspective. Uh, and then the whole finale was just kind of uh, jaw-dropping too. So I thought it was good. I think it went out with a bang. Um, obviously, it sucks we have to wait another year plus to get it back. But uh, that'll hopefully build anticipation, I'm sure. Yeah, I think someone timed it to where if you – I think it starts in like a few weeks that if you started watching one episode of the entire season for each week, you would land, you would finish up the all the seasons and land about the around the time that uh, the new season would start. So that's an idea. I guess you could read the books too, but um, I don't know. Tiho, how long do you think it would take to read through all the books if, if you kind of read at a, I don't know, at a relaxed pace? Do you think you could finish in time for the shows? Oh, maybe. I mean, not where I'm at now time-wise, but like at the time... I happened to have, like, a major break in, like, whatever I was doing. Uh, so I was just chilling. Like, I was at the pool in San Diego. I was at the pool. I was in my room. I literally could not put these books down. Like, I would just bang them out. But, like, that's, like, literally reading, like, the entire day. Like, literally, that's all I was doing. And I read through them real quick in comparison. But, like, the way I'm getting through books right now is taking me, like, months and months just to finish, like, one book. So... I mean, I highly recommend the books to anybody anyway, so I'm going to say go ahead and read that, but it's going to take you a while, especially if you're in any way busy with family, work, you might not want to undertake that. I just realized, Jen, that I didn't even ask if you watched Game of Thrones. You may have just spoiled, like, all of it for you. Do you I'm sure you do, oh, though, yeah. right? I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't yeah, watch Yeah, no, the show. Okay. I'm a huge fan, and all I have right. read the books, so I'm, you know, this season, yeah, this season was kind of in that territory of, shit, I don't know what's going on right now, and I don't know how comfortable I feel about that, you know, because I knew everything else that was going to happen, so, but, uh, yeah, it was a phenomenal season. Yeah, and Kev mentioned, you know, the, how great the last two episodes were, and it's it's no coincidence that the director of those two episodes um, was the same director of the Hard, ha- hard Home episode uh, the season before, which was... I have to say, that's when Game of Thrones started getting, like, super epic, because you could sort of feel things moving along. I have to say, you know, Kevin, you mentioned uh, that there were a couple duds. I I can't, you know, it's kind of hard to remember specific things this far away from the season, but I do remember the first episode being kind of frustrating, because it felt like they were resetting a lot of the story plots, and I really have this like weird I wouldn't call it weird actually I would just call it this this obsession with the fact that the whole Arya uh, versus the Waif uh, the Terminator run you know not not to um, you know make fun of the story I mean I understand that they wanted a nice set piece but it just looked terrible I mean just the running was kind of stupid and then you know she kind of got stabbed in the gut and to add insult to injury there was a twist of the knife which I normally I'm not a stickler for that type of thing but I mean, I think anybody would be dead, you know. No one, the milk of the poppy ain't gonna heal that. You know what I'm saying? Well, Jay, I'm, I just thought you'd be mad that they didn't spend more time in Dorne this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let me tell you something. This is the director of the people. I, I mentioned that he directed Hard Home, and the the one Dorne scene that he had to handle, it was Olena talking shit to those those idiot uh, sand snakes. And I just I thought it's like this guy understands what Dorne is to the fans, right? I mean, oh my god. I mean, how are you yeah. gonna follow that up? Very <laughs> ridiculous. I, mean, okay. I, I thought I was, I was like blanking out. I thought you were asking. Yeah, me. yeah, I thought too. No, I'm not really asking. I'm just pontificating. I get carried away when I get with the sand snakes. Kevin, Kev knows what's I'm up. Not, are they? coming back they took a little back seat it felt like and then but then they kind of came with it there slaughtered everybody they're back and i think they're going to be involved in the next season somehow i just i just don't know 
what or why. I wanted to ask you, Jake, since I never did the finish, or at least I never did the last podcast. We, we were all looking forward to the dude from Deadwood or whatever joining the show, and I was trying to. Pre- I was predicting he was going to be like <laughs> or in like one of those the brothers, like the crazy, uh, the uh, crazy guy from the Iron Islands or whatever. Right. He ended up being just some chump like priest guy who was in like two episodes, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me! What, what is this?" Well, from from you know, you book readers can correct me, but for the from what I've inferred is, uh, you know, Prince Euron was supposed to be like this badass pirate, kind of eccentric, but really well written in the books. Um, yeah. But he kind of he fell off on the show. I mean, he was only off for an episode. But yeah, the Deadwood guy, Ian McShane. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. I, I wish we got more than one episode with him, but I understand. Obviously, <laughs> um, I think it was funny because in I think it was in a post episode interview I was watching. He knew what we, what he was there for because I think he said like, "Well, my character believes in peace in the Game of Thrones world, so obviously they're only going to have me around for one episode." <laughs> so I mean, even he knew uh, what the job title uh, involved. So, but yeah, overall, it was a great season. But it's kind of hard to judge it completely just because I think you judge it off the you know the last two episodes, which obviously were were the highlights. I think it accelerated the plot to where you know that it's going to end soon i think even the two remaining seasons that they've confirmed they've already confirmed that we're only going to get two more seasons and that they're going to be basically eight episodes and then seven seven episodes so there's a lot of storytelling to be had in a truncated That's schedule so, so why would they do yeah that? why would they do that the show, i don't know i have no idea bigger than ever there's more like i would watch that i would watch those shows if they were three hours long at Every week, give me ten episodes. This is ridiculous. Dude. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are there are rumors coming out that you know once the show wraps up, they might do Ooh. like sideshows. I guess is how you describe it. So they would they would take like a story from you know the universe. Which uh, actually, I want all of you to kind of chime in on this. Like what you would like to see. I, I want to see Robert's Rebellion for a season. Like I would love a show that kind of takes you know events out of the game of thrones universe and shows them on the screen like maybe one season they do robert's rebellion the second season they show like the history of the targaryens you know like the the war the dance of the dragons uh i don't know what do you what do you guys think about that i think that'd be sweet i'd love to see the rise of the starks um i'm a huge you know house stark person myself so you know that whole backstory with ned and i know (laughs) ned and (laughs) and uh you know all that good stuff um, but, you know, after we talk about this, I'd like to go back to Arya because I'd like to throw a little bit of intrigue in there with some theories about that whole stabbing that some psychologist friends and I sort of had. But What, what did the psychologist <laughs> say? I mean, what are you talking about when she got stabbed up and the guy that looked like she was dying jumped in the water somehow survived that? Yeah, yeah so, so our theory, our that. theory is that... Um, that the the little waif girl that you know that was given her shit pretty much all season um, didn't really exist because if you go back and look and watch the season, um, whenever I forget what his name is, but the assassin guy, whenever he walks into a room, he only talks to Arya. But when he talks to, when he talks to the waif, Arya is not there. So we sort of had this theory that it was like this in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's basically what it was, that it was this (laughs) internal struggle because he was working with her to try to get her to stop being Arya and to be this no-name, no-face kind of assassin. And the waif stabbing her was basically her getting rid of that Arya part of herself. Yeah. I can dig that. (laughs) So she didn't really get stabbed. 
I don't know at this point. We, you know, there, you there's there's certain, yeah, there's certain, certain uh, holes in our theory, but it kind of made sense over a few, few bottles of wine, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean, Carlo. Well, Kevin, what, what do you think about that, man? You, you with the the Spike Club theory? Uh, I've never heard it described like the Fight Club theory, but the more I think about it, it is exactly like Fight Club. Um, and yeah. that might explain why they spend so much time with it. Um, just because that did drag on the entire season. I would have liked to see Ian McShane take up a little bit more of that time to get, not that it was hard to get attached to that character because he was amazing for that one episode, but um, even two or three uh, episode arc there would have been nice to, yeah. to stretch that one out. No, uh, well, I was just going to say, uh, before I forget, another highlight of the season was the Hound returning. So that that was... Uh, yeah, I, no, I and with her hand. being yeah, blind, ahead. you know, for the first part of her interaction with the Waif is she couldn't see that side of herself. It's very Freudian. <laughs> yeah, and we and we do know that you know she did suffer from hallucinations the season before. I think uh, I think there was the end scene. I can't. I don't know. As I tell many people, if you've heard me in the past podcast, I I, I usually watch uh, Game of Thrones drunk because it allows me to emotionally <laughs> handle. Uh, you know, if someone dies. So, um, but yeah, that that reminds me. Out of all the deaths we received this season, uh, it was a pretty good tally. Um, my favorite Davos right now. He uh, he survived the season, which is always good. Um, John was resurrected. Spoiler alert. So that was that was a plus one right there. I, I can't think of anyone who who I think the only one I'm sad about is one one and you know a couple of the dire. Oh, and Hodor. Don't again, forget about but, Hodor. Uh, which oh yeah, Hodor. Right. That was probably one of the better episodes. That was really kind of that was actually really sorrowful. Um, that episode really well done, actually. Except for the whole zombie trope thing, I person who sacrifices themselves, taking out multiple enemies with an explosion device, check. You know, running down a corridor where where zombies are chasing you, check. You know, someone has to sacrifice themselves again so the other people can get away, check. Okay, so we <laughs> took care of Game of Thrones. I do actually want to want to get back to fantasy football. Um, not that. Oh yeah, forget we're talking about football. Ooh. All right. Yeah, not not to say it's uh, against the law or anything. We we are we do live in a free podcast zone, I guess. But I did while I had uh, Kevin with us. I did want to ask you about uh, JJ Watts, and uh, he did have back surgery again this year. I know I didn't prep you for anything, but I don't know what's what's your gut shot reaction to JJ Watts? Would he still still be in your top ten uh, with this news? Like, wh- what are you doing with him in IDP leagues? I think right now. Unless more uh, more bad news comes out, I think this is an opportunity to buy low on him just because he's shown no signs of slowing down. Even when he was he was a little bit hurt last year, I guess, and the back is troublesome. But to me, if you get a chance to get Watt uh, as not the number one IDP or not the one def- number one defensive lineman, I think you take him as soon as you can um, just because his ceiling is so, so high. And so that's worth taking a risk for me. Okay. Yeah, you know, um, I don't, I don't play in IDP leagues. I, I think I played in one last season when we did the Raz IDPs, which was really fun. Um, but of course, some, it was my first season, so I didn't really understand some of the you know roster maneuvers that you could do, or kind of how you play around with your defensive stats and points. But um, I did draft JJ Watt, I think, in the first round, so that was I think my pride and joy. I think a lot of people berated me for doing that, but I think they were just being jealous, motherfuckers. So, because they didn't uh, draft JJ Watt in the first round, where let me let me just ask you this really quick before we move on, where where would you draft uh, JJ Watt this year in an IDP league? Now you say there's value there, like what 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 is value to you in, in this context? 
I think previously in something like our, our Razzie Peelys last year, which is the standard two defensive lineman, two linebacker, two defensive back, in that type of setup, um, I think he, he last year was worth in the second, third round area. So first round might have been a reach, but again, he's fun to root for. He's probably the most fun player to, to watch in the NFL just on a snap-to-snap basis, um, in my opinion. But um, if he's worth second, third round pick last year, I think that if you can get him in the fourth um, this year, that that's, to me, a steal because that means you still have – you've established a solid offensive base um, and then taking the guy with the highest ceiling on the defensive side. I can see him flipping farther. Um, again, especially if more news comes out um, and he's actually going to you know miss a significant portion of the season and that changes things. But he's still, to me, head and shoulders above any other defensive player. Um, including linebackers like Keekley, who would probably start going in the, the fifth, sixth. So I think fourth round is a good price for him right now, but that's always subject to change one way or the other based on his uh, updates. All right, all right. And you know what? Just just for the ease of, of a smooth segue here, I'm always for that, um, let, let's kind of stick with the Texans. And I wanted to get your guys' feelings on um, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously, he's uh, he recently left camp to hold out. This happens with a lot of players. I think the biggest... Uh, one that was a fantasy detriment that I could remember was I think it was quite a while ago I, there's probably something there's a better recent example but the one that stays in my mind is Antonio Gates he held out for a while and AJ Smith at the time suspended him I think for the first I think it was two or four games and you know if that happened this season to DeAndre Hopkins I'm not saying it will but if it did that would that really affects your fantasy uh, opinions of him like uh, what what he's expected to do I, w- I was just wondering if, if you guys had any worry about this you think it'll be settled soon or, or what, what's your feelings on this he's back in camp now isn't he is he yeah. Yeah, he came back right, so... the very next day. That's why I'm like, oh, God, you were committed, bro. Oh, wait, you realized you weren't going to get, like, that <laughs> 450K or whatever. I mean, for me, it's almost unprecedented for these guys to get a new deal after the second year. I mean, that's why the rookie salary cap took place. I know they gave Watt a deal, I think, maybe around the same time or something like that. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you're stupid. They're setting a precedent. If you're the team, I get it. He is a star, so if you want to do that... Do some kind of extension that makes sense maybe financially, like where, you know, you're saving a little bit of money if he, if he did it, if he falls out the next couple of years. Then you have to pay him. You're going to have to give him, like, a record-breaking deal. If you extend him now, you might actually end up saving some money, so maybe it makes sense. At the same time, for him holding out, I'd be like, shut up, dude. You can't hold out. Can't do that, but he's back anyway, so he gave up. I'm sure they're working on something. <laughs> Look at that T hole. What a friend. He's trying to move the topic further, uh, so people forget. I just uh, pulled a Donald Trump. That was my that was my Russia right there. That was my Ukraine moment, uh, which is fine. Actually, we can just use that to segue again, since we'll quickly move away from that. I did want to talk about um, a report coming out, and I just did verify with the internets here in front of me that this is still. Pretty fresh news, but Arian Foster, he's obviously not with the Texans anymore, an ex-Texan. He's with the Dolphins. Actually, it's interesting because just be, you know, Lamar Miller ended up on the Texans and, you know, the Dolphins ended up picking up Foster. I was just wondering what your guys' thoughts Foster this year because everyone is saying great things about him in camp. The money quote was that he has annihilated his conditioning test in the in the preseason so far, um, mm-hmm. all of his conditioning tests, which is, I guess, good to hear. I mean, uh, last I checked, he's about 55 years old and uh, has robotic legs, but um, what, what's your guys' feeling? Feelings on Foster this season. So I'm a Miami fan, uh, so I've been, you know, paying pretty close attention here. Um, I think uh, Adam Gates was the one who said he annihilated his workout, and I think that kind of says a lot about Adam Gates being really high energy. So I'm excited about him as a coach. Uh, he was quoted as saying, "If it doesn't suck, we're not going to do it." 
which probably was his rationale while taking the Miami job. So I think from a running back perspective this year, Foster fits nicely in that Matt Forte role that uh, Gates ran last year in Chicago. I just don't trust his uh, – I don't trust him to stay healthy, but I don't trust Ajayi to stay healthy either. So I think that's really going to be a mess at running back all year. Um, they have Isaiah Pete in camp, which is not really uh, something I want to hear. And uh, they drafted Kenyon Drake. So I think there's a lot of potential – a lot of guys that are going to get carries this year. Um, but Foster's ceiling is pretty high if he can stay healthy and fill that Matt Forte role. Well, let me tell you, I'm always a supporter of Isaiah Pete staying in the league just because he makes fantasy team names interesting. So, like, he's, he's like your combo, right? He's your combo go-to guy if you need a good combo for that name. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I'm pretty much with everybody on this one. Um, you know, Foster got most of the first reps on day five of camp, so um, obviously they're they're testing him out and seeing what he can do. Even though I'm becoming more of a Miami fan since the love of my life, Jordan Cameron, uh, had to leave Cleveland and, and head down south, um, I'm going to keep an eye on it. But you know, me and my Black Widow curse are definitely wondering, you know, can he hold up? Is he going to be able to stay healthy all season? And I, I got to lean to no because he's he screwed my fantasy teams more than, than one year in a row. So I'm a glutton for punishment, though. I'll probably end up drafting him again. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure we're all gluttons for punishment playing this uh, game. I mean, just... Uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Chargers fan, so that says it right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got T-Hole complaining every year about, oh, we didn't win the Super Bowl that year. It's <laughs> like, dude, you won the Super Bowl the year before. Shut the fuck up, you know? So I don't really... I'm not that mean to T-Hole, just in privately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where's my super? Where's my second ring? Damn it. Yeah, yeah real, so come on, man. remember that forever that was the greatest super bowl in history i was there sitting right behind bobby wagner's parents right in front of carpenter's parents i was in the zone we were dancing we were on the one i was ready to celebrate with the fam it was going down worst moment of my life but yeah arian foster is uh i like i don't i'm not a huge ajahi fan i think foster's gonna be nice there obviously he's injured prone as hell but i got him ranked much higher than ajahi if you were curious yeah you know i i, I kind of whiffed on ajahi last season I, I kind of liked the hype you know i didn't think miller was gonna be too much i don't know i just i never really trust miller i think that's kind of reflected on how i feel about him this season i mean i do i like him better on the texans just because i feel like they'll have a little bit more trust in him they'll give him a little more volume injury risk aside I think with my Miami, they couldn't really figure out what they were going to do with their combo, so which is why I kind of liked uh, Jai, but, you know, it just didn't work out, which happens. Um, you know, moving, I, I guess I guess we'll get rid of the smaller news before we get to the big news, just because we ended up talking about Reggie Bush for some reason. Um, <laughs> that's my fault. I'm the, I'm the host. I, should, <laughs> I don't even know why I, talk, I talked about Reggie Bush, but um, I did want to talk about Antoine Bo- uh, Anquan Bolden going to the Lions. Obviously, he's no—he's uh, not really a suitable replacement for Calvin Johnson. I don't think anyone said he was. I—I'm of the opinion. I think I sound like a broken record all the time, but I, I'm never high on Stafford. I—I I got a lot of flack. I think a few years ago when Stafford was really hyped as being like a top five quarterback, you know, people thought he was coming to his own. I'm like, I mean, come on, he's like—he's like a poor man's Eli Manning, and you know, you see how high Eli Manning is probably going to go this year just because he has a quarterback that can catch all these bullshit passes, and I think Stafford is sort of the same way. Obviously, Bolden, he's—he's he's not a young chicken anymore, but what he—what he does have is size. And I think that's important to a guy like Stafford. So I, I just wanted to know what you guys thought about 
kind of the same way with Foster. How how you think the situation will go with Bolden? You think he's fancy relevant this season? Because I'll be honest, like last year he was on the free agent. Yeah, I think he makes things complicated for someone like Marvin Jones, who may have been a fringe starter in fantasy, but now with Bolden there, his targets will probably drop a little bit. And I don't think you can start either Bolden or Marvin, um, or maybe even Eric Ebron on a, on a week-to-week basis. So uh, it kind of makes that receiving core a cluster. I mean. Kevin, what is, what is this dude to Stafford for you? Anything? Anything I don't at all? So, I mean, it's probably maybe a security blanket for him. Um, but, I, you know, Theoretic kind of fills that role, too. I just I think Stafford likes to air it out, and none of his guys are really the guys. Maybe, maybe Marvin Jones, but um, none of them are really the guys like Megatron who can just jump up there and bail him out. Yeah, T-Hole, Stafford's <laughs> your boy, right? This I thought it was guy. Brady. He's like your favorite quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah, complete silence. Are you talking to me? <laughs> Matt Stafford, yeah. oh my god! I actually, <laughs> I actually think he'll be fine. Sorry, the computer kind of cut out there. I didn't hear my name. I was hoping you did mention my name because I'm ready to hop in. But yeah, Marvin Jones. I mean, the only problem with him is he's pretty injury prone. But you know, if anything, you should spread the ball around a little bit. Stop just locking in on Calvin. I mean, Ebron is the guy that better step up because they're always going to remember they took him over Odell Beckham Jr. And they're probably regretting that. So unless Ebron becomes a Hall of Famer, they're always going to regret it. But if he can at least become an above-average passing tight end, that would be huge for this year. Abdul out of the backfield would be nice. Uh, Riddick is nice out of the backfield catching the ball. So, I mean, they still have pretty decent weapons. And Bolden, the vet, should be able to get some mid-level stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think he'll really be hurt at all. To tell you, the truth. you know, talking about Odell Beckham, who, you guys could probably know. I, I forget already who said it, but uh, it was uh, it was that comment of he's just known for one catch. You guys saw that, right? Um, someone said that. I forget. It was another receiver. I forgot who it was. I, I forget who talks shit so much nowadays. I mean, it was uh, – but I thought it was odd just because, yeah, he sort of is known for one catch, but if you watch him, like, he makes – Equally impressive catches, like, every Sunday, I feel like. Just because I think it's more or less that because Eli Manning does, you know, what we discussed, like what I mentioned to you earlier, he does a Stafford where he just kind of chucks it in his general area and just expects, you know, him to do, like, these gymnastics to catch it. Um, I don't know. You, I don't think he's overrated. I think I, I have him. Now I got to now I gotta bring up my rankings, which I wasn't prepared to do. But I think I have Beckham ranked pretty high let me let me really quickly look at my wide receiver rankings let me draw this out as i look it up yeah so i have i have obj ranked number two overall how do you guys feel about that that's too high too low you gotta rank where number two beckham uh yeah as as number two wide receiver yeah i mean that's probably where he's gotta be i think i'm finalizing mine here shortly but i think i've got him i think i just i may have just left him at number two also i mean i probably I'm expecting some pretty monster. I think I moved Julio Jones ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, I think I moved Julio maybe a spot above him. But other than yeah. that, you gotta, you got to definitely have him up there. For- yeah, it's either him or Julio, I think. I think that the, the Giants getting Cruz uh, back and then drafting Shepard might take some of those targets away so he won't be as – Be curious to see, uh, you know, if he does have anything else in his arsenal. But I agree with you. The J is, you know, that was a hell of a catch. And if that's what he's remembered for, then, you know, that's what he's remembered for. Yeah, and, you know, I'll forgive you for ruining my segue there. My segues are very precious to me. But, no, I was going to mention, you know, the way, yeah, the thing being remembered for, and I, I'm getting a little frustrated. You know, Josh Gordon is, is, of course, related to this, but we're getting to the bigger news items of the offseason, and that's Le'Veon Bell. 
um, who made me like redo my entire rankings. Like it, it, the news broke of his four games suspension, like right when I finished like all my rankings. Like and these are yeah. these are like a lot of rankings. Like I got to tell you, these are like pages and pages of rankings. And he him getting suspended four games, I had to change every little freaking thing on my list. And it was it's good. I think that annoyed me more than the fact that it's not like I own him yet. You know, it's not you know drafts had it could have been worse. You know, everyone could have drafted him first overall, which is where he's going to go in in all formats. If you don't. Even in PPR, I think you would make the. I think you would go Bell over Antonio Brown, but you would take them one too. But I don't know. Do you guys? I you know I'm very uh, as we established in this non-political show talking about politics earlier before Zach uh, before Kevin got on. Uh, I almost said Zach because I see that he's waiting for us uh, and we'll take a break soon and get him on the show. But I didn't want to mention this about Le'Veon Bell. It's just like I don't really care what he does. You know, if he wants to smoke the ganja that's that's all good man you know i'm totally down with that but when you when it affects your team or when, when you're in a league that you know it's against the rules it just it seems like an it it seems like a character flaw well let me see here there was a guy who has since been put in the witness protection program calling himself the deflator the cell phone was covered with a sledgehammer i'm just gonna say I'm assuming he's guilty of something. I don't really care. The punishment isn't deserving of anything. He's a liar. We all know that. We've all seen him dancing around like a fun boy at the soccer event or whatever those videos are. We've seen people dodging his high fives. He's a clown. We understand Tom Brady. But the sad thing here is about the smoky weed for the players. Yeah, I mean, I don't care really about the issue. I don't care if weed is legal or not. I don't think it should be personally, but what it should be legal, maybe if they can argue that athletes should be able to do it so they don't get addicted to opiates or whatever. I mean, that's a, I don't even know if I believe it in that uh, argument, but whatever. I don't care about people smoking weed, and it probably shouldn't be punishable like that in the NFL. But, I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing that these guys literally cannot stop smoking weed. Again, this is not an opiate. This is not methamphetamine. This is not something that you're so addicted to that you literally need detox to get off of it. I mean, get me a break. Get some help. Stop smoking weed. You've already cost you, like, Josh Gordon has has pissed away an opportunity. He would have been one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL if he stopped smoking weed. Now, there's no way. He's already, he's, he's already given up probably tens of millions of guaranteed money in doing what he's done. And a guy I was on a show with the other day was saying that people are DMing him all the time, pictures of Gordon out, like openly smoking blunt, smoking weed. So he's like still doing it. I mean, it's just absolutely pathetic. Maybe on bail saying he's out of town or something or whatever, didn't know we had to take a piss test. It's just embarrassing. I'm tired of it. You guys are idiots. Stop smoking weed. Yeah, I think that. Part about him actually missing the test is interesting this time because I think it's almost better to fail a test than to miss a test and try to make some excuse that you're out of town or you didn't know about it because that comes off as even more irresponsible to your team. So I think you guys covered it well, but I think just that locker room is going to have to be pretty awkward with a star running back kind of missing four games because of selfishness, basically. Yeah, and I know, I know T-Hole it, it was fading a little bit there, but if anybody missed it, it was basically fuck that hippie. So I think that semites... <laughs> Summarizes his thoughts appropriately. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we are a little bit late on our break, so I'm going to go and throw it to the break because we have one more uh, contributor coming in to add to the conversation. This is Zach. He recently ran 
our Razzball mock draft. So we'll we'll go ahead and take care of the rest of the news items with him and talk about a little of that mock draft. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you guys have heard the expression, right? Too many cooks in the kitchen. You guys have heard of this, right? This is not just me thing. Of course. Yeah, so th- I, I think this is a complete bullshit thing that people say because if anyone's seen Iron Chef or Professional Kitchen, <laughs> there are too many cooks in there and they come up with wonderful things. So let's... Let's go in. I don't even know if that was funny. I just said it just because I am tired of that saying. I think that was my whole uh, pontification moment. So let's go ahead and go to break, and when we get back, we'll have Zach. And welcome back to the show. I'm happy to add another uh, Razzball contributor to the mix. This is Zach. You guys will know him last season from talking about Daily Fantasy. This season, all right, we're not even in the season yet. This preseason, he actually ran for us a mock draft, which, uh, you know, involved all the Razzball writers, uh, former and current, I guess. Um, and we'll actually get to that. Actually, we, ha- we have a couple more news items to talk about. You know, we were, before the break, we were talking about... Uh, Le'Veon Bell, T-Hole gave his uh, uh, dare uh, speech that he did back in the day. Reagan would have been proud, T-Hole, I'm sure. And uh, this was related to Josh Gordon, uh, and I did want to talk to him a little bit. I know we covered Brady really quick. I, I want to talk about him in a little bit. But um, since Zach, since since we have you on the show now, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Josh Gordon's reinstatement. You think he's worth a draft pick this season? You think it's risky. Well, what's your thoughts on this? Well, the biggest thing why um, Josh Gordon should have fantasy relevance is because during his suspension, right now he's currently on the NFI list. So the biggest thing, in well, actually, just to bring up another suspension, Tom Brady won't be able to talk to his teammates, won't attend meetings, can't practice, can't even like throw a football with his teammates. But for Josh Gordon, it's different. And so he hasn't played in the league since, you know, for a while, but they should kind of ease him back into the situation because he is able to attend film sessions with coaches. And last time he played, it was a totally new, different head coach situation. It was a totally different coaching regime there. And so I think the biggest reason why we would want him on our teams is because he's able to work back with the team and start to build a relationship with uh, RG3. Man, that Brady, the 1%, that's what he is. He's the 1%. Yeah, it's... <laughs> trust me, I could go on all day on Brady. Well, I'm sure I'm sure all of us can, um, including Jen, but she would actually be the opposite <laughs> of all of us. She would be defending Brady while we, uh, while we make a whole bunch of <laughs> jokes. But, you know, what do you, what do you guys think? I, I mean, honestly, I'm not even sure I... I, if you ask me right now, do you think Josh Gordon is smoking weed at this moment? I'd have to think about it and say maybe. You know, that would be my professional analytical answer. And um, I don't know. I, I would love to draft him. I remember – everyone remembers when he just took the league by storm when he had that, like, five-game stretch, which equaled, like, two of Antonio Brown's best seasons put together or some crazy uh, stat like that. He, he, he literally – not even figuratively. He literally won people leagues in that four-week stretch, um, you know, so many years back, that I'd never seen anything like it. But, I don't know, are you guys taking the plunge, even if it is a value pick? I, I think I'm staying away, well, honestly. Well, I, I do know that I'm looking at ADP data right now, and um, I have him here at um, 121st overall. So, in 12-team leagues, that's the 11th round. So, I mean, if you guys are comfortable with drafting him in the 11th round, 
I don't know who wouldn't be. Man, now now you make me got to look at my rankings and figure out where I put them, so I don't feel like I'm missing something here. So someone someone say something while I look this up because I don't want to. I just talked about this with some people yesterday. Josh Gordon, <laughs> you know I can't trust him, and it's more. It's almost for me. It's more about the quarterback situation. If Josh McCown was the starting quarterback, I'd be more excited. RG three <laughs> is dead to me. I've been his biggest fan, his biggest supporter. But he looks like dog shit. Every time I see him on the football field, I'm hoping it works out for him. He has a connection with Florida from college, their friends, whatever, whatever. But, you know, I just don't believe in RG3 at this point. And I also don't believe in Josh Gordon not being able to smoke weed for whatever the case may be. He must be a big Madden and NBA Live guy who just can't enjoy the game or any part of life without being high on marijuana. And every time you speak, I feel like you're doing a free rap. Are you Are you just rapping? Like, do you need, I'm just, do you need like, a rap partner? Yeah. Are we going to get a rap-off going? I'm just hyped <laughs> up. Football season. Well, I can for hours. Tell me when to shut up. I'll never stop. I can't do it, man. I love, I love listening to you. Anything you say is golden to me, honestly. Also, too, if I can add something, too, um, just talking about um, the coaching staff in Cleveland, um, Hugh Jackson has said probably more so in the Cleveland Browns history in the past couple of years than ever, they want to work the ball to Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. So... I think, especially too, when you do have, um, oh, I'm blanking on their tight end's name. Barnage. Yeah, Gary Barnage with his hernia, sports hernia injury, and yeah, they have a rookie right now who's there's no who. I guess you guys could. I don't know what your opinion on it is, but do you guys think um, the rookie there uh, in Cleveland's the number one wide receiver there? Because I they they lost Travis Benjamin. They don't have. I'm not. They they cut Brian Hartline. So I think they want to start running the ball more with those two guys, and then I don't Are know. Are you talking about Coleman? Are you talking about Corey Coleman? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Sorry. God. No, no, you're good. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I think Corey Coleman should be the number one wide receiver there. So, I mean, there's kind of like some uncertainty, too, with what Hugh Jackson has said. Yeah, I'm with Keyhole on, on Gordon. Um, I, Jay, you had mentioned before that, you know, a few years back, uh, a couple of people had, you know, blowout weeks with him for about four weeks. I was one of those people. Um, he sat on my bench because you know, he, he was suspended, and then he came back and then, uh, basically killed it for about a month, and then he went out again. So, you know, I, I'm not taking that risk on him again this year because, I mean, I think history has shown that he cannot stop smoking weed. He just, the dude loves his weed. Um, so I don't. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't have a name. Like, like, it could be heroin. It Which could be ten fine. times worse than totally weed. Fine. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah I know. It's <laughs> like it's ten times worse, but... <laughs> well, that's actually bad. Yeah, right, yeah. He could be smoking <laughs> but he's not. We've he's crossed the line weed. now. <laughs> I get that. But, but, you know, the bottom line is, is, you know, you have your boss telling you, do not do this particular thing, yet you continue to do this thing, even though you're, you're, you're thinking consequences, so... Um, you know, as much as I'd love to pick him up because, you know, I remember finally like, those four weeks. It was actually alcohol, too, the second time around, or like last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I stayed away from him. Like, it just abuse after, issues. Going after on. that, and I think November 2014 was the last time he actually played. So, um, I've just, you know, he's. He, I've never yeah. been a big, uh, a big Gordon guy, but I mean, 11th round right now, I'm surprised he's that low. I think if he fell that far, I'd probably take him. But uh, I'm going to assume that in, in the leagues I'm in that someone will like him uh, inevitably more than I do. 
Um, but like talking ceiling and floor, there, there's a, a version of reality that has RG3 throwing to uh, Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman. And so you have a, a group of former Baylor Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I get I'm not saying that I disagree with your guys's um, issues with. Um, you should disagree, man. You're wrong a lot. It's okay. To I don't. I don't. I'm not saying RG3 is the best quarterback to ever walk on a football field, but we've seen before that in bad quarterback situations, wide receivers tend to do well regardless. Like I'm sure you guys could tell me, DeAndre Hopkins last year had Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer, and no one was excited about that. So I I don't know. Like when it does hurt people, when it does help, or when it doesn't matter. I know Mike Evans in his rookie year when he burst onto the scene, he had Mike Glennon. And down here in Tampa, everyone hated Mike Glennon. They were waiting. They were like, this is the year we're going to get Marcus Marietta or Jameis. And I get get what you guys are saying about, you know, we're not really too confident about RG3, but at this point, I don't really know if it matters. Yeah, you know, just... uh... Actually, I agree with you because, honestly, in my experience, wide receivers on bad teams actually do better just because, you know, they're playing from behind and they have no choice but to air it out. Um, and, it, you know, if it's a shitty quarterback, it's a shitty quarterback, he's still going to make throws to the guy, and yeah. so you'll get a high volume. Now, what what was what did you have Josh Gordon on the ADP? Because I actually have my numbers up now. Um, So I have him – well, I mean, I you don't have like, them, but this is general. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's from, like, a consensus of CBS, ESPN, blah, blah, blah. And, right. um. I have him at 121st overall, which is the 49th wide receiver off the board in the okay. 11th round for 12-team and, like, 13th-ish for 10-team. Um, All right. Yeah, I have him ranked overall. Um, I guess this is standard. I, it's funny. I actually have I have it going Coleman in 84, Gordon in 85, the other Melvin, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, because I guess I wanted a shit sandwich in that, in that range, um, at 86, and then um, Eli Manning. So, yeah, this is actually a shit sub. Uh, that I built here in the middle of my rounds. But um, I think I have them higher there. Yeah, you know what? Because I think when I was making this ranking, I, I had a hard time weighing it. Like, okay, what what happens if he starts, you know, a large amount of games? He's obviously going to make a difference somehow, some way, just because the talent doesn't disappear. But again, there's that risk. So, I, you know, like I always say, my, my rankings are pretty fluid uh, this early um, in the off... Or I guess it's preseason now, not the off season, But... You know, I, I don't think I'll start solidifying these rankings until, uh, you know, four more weeks. I'm sure some injuries will happen in training camp and whatnot. Moving on to, let's see, we took care of Josh Gordon. We sort of took care of Brady. Yeah, you know, we actually, um, we have just a couple more news items before we get to the mock draft um, uh, you know, discussion. But I did want to mention that Eddie Lacy came into training camp. I, I do love paying attention to his weight because, I mean, not because he's fat, but... Because I like making fun of fat people. No, um, just because weight's been an issue for him uh, throughout his career. Obviously, I do have the. <laughs> I don't have stats for him. I do have the weight numbers. Um, he came in at 240 at camp. That's 20 more pounds than his combine weight. But I think it's you know if I did the math right, that's 230 pounds less than last season. I don't know. Is weight really a factor with this guy? Because he is kind of a bowling ball type of running back. When I when I talk about weight. With running backs, I'm usually just concerned about their overall health, you know, their durability. But with Lacey, it seemed to really... I mean, obviously, it's a sensitive issue for him. I think, you know, he's had some issues with people talking about his weight, which is fine. You know, uh, I guess, you know, they see it as a personal attack. Totally justified. Um, But in his case, it felt like last year it did really affect him. Do you guys... 
I mean, are you guys buying the Lacey train this year? At, I mean, he's going to come at a value. You are? I am. I, I really, really am. And he's always going to be a power back. He's always going to be a large running back. He's like, um, I'm trying to think, he's like Lendell White back in like 2005 USC type back mm-hmm. where he's just, you'll, you'll, you're just going to have to take it. And at some point they speculated that he was around 280 <laughs> last year. And of course that's, that's never good at all. And unless you're like seven foot five, then yeah. it's actually, I think that's normal weight. Yeah, that that's normal weight. But this whole offense, offense changes with Jordy Nelson. We saw that with how poorly Rogers played last year. We saw that with how bad, or not how bad, but how Randall Cobb wasn't able to be a true wide receiver one. And we also saw that with Lacey. And yeah, it doesn't help that he's overweight, but he was seeing seven, eight people in the box. And I don't know if he ever had an opportunity to, like, play pound like you know they were behind a lot because of their defense and now I just think that right now he's probably going towards the back end of the second round and if I can get someone like Odell Beckham Jr. and then get a Lacey I'm perfectly fine with that my big issue with Lacey is just that I feel like that coaching staff likes James Starks better and if they need to round up the middle they're going to give it to Kuhn so I think Lacey will have a bounce back year but I just don't see him fitting that offense just as well as a guy like Starks does. Not that Starks is a better player, but I just feel like staff trusts him to, to pick up the big plays where they don't have that same trust in Lacey. Yeah, they don't have John Kuhn anymore. He's a free agent. Oh, is he gone? Yeah, I think they either like cut him or he retired, <laughs> but he's not like officially retired yet. But yeah, he's not in the picture anymore. Wow, McCarthy is, is crying at the moment. Are you sure? McCarthy would never let him and Starks go. He's 100%. Like his own boys. My yeah. God. Starks is well, at least there. Yeah, at least I don't have to listen to the crowd go coo every time he does something. Oh my god, that, that's that's really kind of annoying, actually. But anyhow, what, what were you saying to you? It's so tragic. It's just a joke to me. So it's, it's like it's almost like they feel they have to run the ball from the one after. Like get this dude out of here. I've had enough. John Cohn, Big Dog, Eddie Lacy. He's still overweight. Yes, it matters. Yes, he wasn't as good. He hasn't been as good. Well, he was absolutely terrible last year, but he's going into a free agency year. He's already not going to get paid on production because nobody's going to ever trust him to stay in shape. I'm concerned. He better have a big-time year, though. He's going to be a free agent. People usually step up when they want to get paid, but he's going to have a big year. Okay, here's here's like a quick question for everyone, Um, and feel free to go in whatever order you guys feel like, but if I want value, like it doesn't matter where they get drafted, but if I want just simple value... Who do you think has the highest chance of doing that? Eddie Lacy or Josh Gordon this year? Lacy, I think. I also, like, another thing, too, I forgot to mention with Lacy is that I think that's a great point Kevin made about um, Starks. And, like, many people are doing redraft leagues, so it might not hurt them next year. But it's also a contract year for Lacy. He's in a contract year. And he has a lot to prove because, like Kevin said, they'll – They'll give it to Starks in a heartbeat. So I get what you're saying about, like, oh, who has the biggest value. I think probably Gordon, just because he is being drafted in the, you know, 11th, 13th round. And I don't know how much better Lacey can do. Like, I don't know if he cracks into the top five and, like, starts becoming a better back than, like, David Johnson. 
Yeah, I think Lacey has a, a higher floor, certainly. I also think that yeah. no one loves Eddie Lacey. No one's going to reach for him, whereas Josh Gordon, people won't show as much restraint as Jen's showing. Uh, people who were, were <laughs> carried by Josh Gordon a couple years ago are going to remember that and probably reach for him. So I think in terms of value pick, I think it's definitely Lacey. Yeah, I don't think Gordon's going to make it through the year. They have a weak quarterback system to play. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not, if I end up with both of them, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm a little bit of a risk taker. I like to live I hate them both, but I might end up with them both. That's just the way I live. Tio, you took Gordon before you even got reinstated. You're right. <laughs> that, that, that does sound like a T-hole move, honestly. Um, all right, so the last bit of news before I move to the mock draft is um, – Ezekiel Elliott. Now, there are, there are a couple things I want to cover here. Uh, number one, he is going through what seems more common than it should be uh, nowadays is the domestic violence case. Now, th- this is actually kind of unique just because the Cowboys have come out as uh, strong defenders of this. Apparently, there's actually evidence that this did not happen, that it's fabricated. They're letting this play out. I'll be honest. Let, let's go and cover this first. Uh, obviously, it's not from a fantasy standpoint, but I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, like, if you guys have heard the saying like you know if a tree falls in the middle of a forest like does any does it really fall because nobody hears it or whatever that saying is i think i just george bushed it but like if you like if the nfl had a video of ezekiel elliott doing domestic violence did it really happen i guess that was my question like what do you guys think of this what what is the penalty potentially if he is found to be in violation of the nfl rules because honestly i don't know like if he gets suspended is it going to be for four games is it the first offense is it is it something and then you know once we talk about this we'll get to his like uh which is coming out his his tweaked ankle i think it is but i don't know are you guys kind of hesitant because i i have him still ranked pretty high but i wanted to get your guys' feelings on on where he lands right now i think he's still gonna play i mean i don't think it looks like as of now it seems to think he's gonna get out of a bench and if the girl's really lying for real but i don't know if they can prove it or not i guess that's what it depends on but if he is proven guilty and he went through this elaborate lie he's gonna get hit so heavily i mean how can they not hit him heavily after kind of the ray rice thing adrian peterson thing Who's I talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be a big-time suspension here if he's got caught. If he's proven guilty and he lied and all of that, but there's an elaborate story. I thought the guy liked men in general. Personally, I don't care about that, but, I mean, I see the guy. I thought that's kind of what we think. So I'm more surprised about that. And, uh, you know, if the girl's lying, that's pretty crazy. If, if he's lying, then he's going to get heavily with the suspension. Ray Rice... He's never played in the NFL again, mostly because of that. Uh, it's not it. Obviously, someone as young as Elliott would have been to have another chance, but, I mean, they, they suspended Adrian Peterson for taking the hickory stick to his own son. What are they going to do if you're hitting women and stuff like that? I mean, it's gonna have, they're going to have to hit him hard. I mean, do you think the Cowboys would, like, put themselves out this much if there wasn't evidence? Because I feel like this is kind of... I think he's I mean, it seems in it. Yeah, it feels good, right? Maybe not. Jen might think it's a <laughs> terrible thing. I'm not sure. I'm really not. I mean, I don't, it's not like I know the guy. But, I mean, if you're elaborately going out there and saying in general that, you know, this is true, what would they suspend it for? Four games? What is the new domestic violence in the NFL? Four games? Eight games? Yeah, I have no idea. He hit me up on Tinder. I thought he liked that. Did you just ask me to hit you up on Tinder? No, Ezekiel did. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say that, um, if he is suspended for how long, 
I mean, at this point, I think it should be at least more than four games. That's just because of how much Brady got. But if he, if nothing happened, then like again, just from a football perspective, of course, it's. I hate, you know, obviously we all hate having to talk about domestic issues and sexual violence issues, but I think from a football perspective, just because of his, like, value, and I get everyone's hype about it, you know, um, the offensive line in Dallas is the best of them all, and I think, too, uh, he hasn't played a down in the National Football League, and I think everyone wants to say, oh, he's going to get the... He's going to get the touches. He has a great offensive line. This is He's top five back easily. But whenever someone talks about a rookie that highly, I like to point out how, how much people loved Bishop Sankey, how much people loved Monty Ball. But then yet again, they're still, you know, the Todd Gurley's of the world. And, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's being taken, like, just behind David Johnson. Who would you rather have? Is that rhetorical? I can, I can. Hurt. I get, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I guess just like it's kind of rhetorical, but I, yeah. I mean, I, I probably want Johnson. I think I have, um, I think I have Elliot like three or four. I all I've been doing today is bringing up my rankings. I should have had it prepared, but um, yeah. I think David Johnson with Le'Veon Bell going down. I think David Johnson is my number one overall. Yeah, I have Johnson, then Elliot, then Lamar Miller, then Gurley in the standard. Um, and in PPR, I have David Johnson, Elliott, uh, Miller, and Gurley. That can't be right. I think I, I had Gurley ahead of Miller. Maybe it's not refreshing for me, but... Um, yeah, I mean, this stuff just sucks in general, um, having to talk about it, and the NFL doesn't do a good job of handling it. Um, if, if there is a suspension, you can guarantee they're going to screw it up one way or the other. Um, and I wonder, uh, you know, the Cowboys signing Greg Hardy last year, I believe he's still unsigned right now. And if they get hit with another one with Elliott after sticking up for him, I wonder if the NFL is going to try to hand down um, the kind of like the cut the shit suspension like they kind of did with Brady, it seems like. Um, yeah. We're just telling the Cowboys to ease off this stuff. Um, but I think for me, from just a pure fantasy perspective, uh, I think Elliott's probably that high of a running back, top five running back this year. But to me, it's just so that running back in, in the first round with this type of um, – potential injuries and potential suspensions i'd rather just go with a safer receiver than, than over him in the first round at least all right um let's go ahead uh let's take our last break of the pod and uh we'll talk about our mock draft that we recently um did um on twitter uh, of all places just because we're in the future now and twitter seemed like the proper place for it sometimes i just write down hashtag me because i feel like it's appropriate but i don't know how hashtags work so it just seems uh sound, i sound like an old guy i'm really not that old i just I don't get Twitter. Anyhow, let's go and take our last break of the night, and we'll come right back and talk about the Razzball Riders mock draft. T-Hole, I got another question for you, my friend. Have you ever heard of No Halftime? I have heard of no halftime. I would like to shout out my friends, the Welsh and uh, Bogman over there. They had me on a podcast. They told me all about it, man. They're using them too, and I'm excited to be a part of it. I love what I heard so far. It sounds like an awesome little game. I've I've been playing against uh, users, readers, viewers, plus experts. It's pretty cool, man. I, I gotta well, there you go. For those who don't know, do not take this uh, company name literal. They are not out there to seek to end all halftimes of sporting events. No, this is a new app 
that I'm going to be really interested in playing with T-Hole uh, during the football season. It's an app where you can create individual challenges using players or teams. So let's say, since it's the baseball season still going on, let's say uh, T-Hole gets Bryce Harper. Well, I'm going to take my Mike Trout, and I'm going to take him on. Uh, with their stats and we're gonna they have challenges private or public that you can create in the MLB NFL NBA NHL even even golf now you can visit nohalftime.com you can get more information on the app this is a free app you can get it on your iPhone and Android voice and I gotta tell you T-Hole you don't have to spend money on this there are also challenges for free so if you just want to talk smack to me and you don't want to put any money in the line that's fine too but if you sign up now using the promo code Raz R-A-Z-Z you get ten dollars free and on top of that, T-Hole, you get a free T-shirt, man. Isn't that awesome? A free T-shirt? I've been waiting for Razball to make free T-Hole T-shirts for the fans for years. That's not happening, but you mean to tell me I can get one right now for signing up with these guys? I might have to fully switch teams. I like what that's all about. I like that I'm ordering as we speak. Hold on a second. Dialing up. Putting in the code. Done and done, done, done. Got it. Listen to that, folks. T-Hole is sold. You can go to nohalftime.com and get sold as well. All right, and welcome back to the show. I know that was a short break. At least I hope it was. I haven't really put in the breaks yet. I don't know. This is like a meta conversation of behind the scenes of how we run the podcast, but I don't. I just don't even care. Um, I did want to mention that I was just lectured by Zach about missing some news items that we should talk about. His new <laughs> I did nickname. I'm uh, sure you. Yeah, it was a lecture, man. No, um, his new nickname is CNN or ESPN, I guess. This is sports news, but um, you did mention that Adrian Peterson. What was it? I'll go and. Li- you go ahead, man. You run the show now, from now on. I was just trying to give some info to you guys if you ever cared about um, AP. What a philanthropist, man. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Go and let the world know what's going down. <laughs> um, no, uh, apparently with a hamstring injury, um, Adrian Peterson is going to miss the first preseason game. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. It's probably just a precaution. And then um, – after the GM of the Redskins punched a wall because of Josh Doxson's initial injury, I think it was Achilles, I believe. He might miss. Okay, but uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, funny story. It's not really that funny. It's actually, um, it's interesting because I spent this entire show talking about how this is a non-political zone, and all I've done is talk about politics for about thirty percent of the show. I should mention. I do want to mention. For those people curious, I do get some shit about this on the site that uh, we we do not mention the word that Zach just mentioned. It's no fault of his. I never told him. I actually, a lot of people don't notice it, but I actually edit out that name because I'm actually a believer that the Washington um, team name is highly racist. And of course, I, you know, not to put Zach on the spot, he, he did bring it up and he's, he's allowing me to talk more about politics, which you can blame him for, for that actually. But I actually, um, hey, Zach. <laughs> right. Uh, actually I have, I know way to go, bro. Um, no, actually not, not to get too far off the topic, but I know people ask me a lot and I, I generally just ignore it. Um, but it does make it obvious because I do game day threads where it's like chargers versus Broncos and people find it weird when it's like chargers versus the Washington football team. And I don't know, it's just a personal belief of mine. And my basic answer is, you know what? Uh, I run the site. So tough luck. If that really bothers you, I don't want you around anyhow. But I'm generally a nice person, so uh, that's why Zach has forgiven. What did he do? You know what he did. He does what you do all the time. You still haven't learned, T-Hole. T-Hole's the one guy who's still... Uh... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, T-Hole isn't that liberal. Even though he lives in Seattle, he's not as liberal as me. But um, Okay, so we did do a mock draft. It was our 2016 mock draft. Not to be confused with all the other years, uh, just in case people don't know what year they're in, which... 
know, it's highly doubtful. Unless you're Josh Gordon, then you think it's, uh, I don't know what you're thinking. But I did want to bring it up because there were some interesting things that happened in this draft. Now, we didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't actually do a full draft. I, I think I planned on doing a full draft, but I realized people were making, like, two picks a day. Not, not like, each. It was, like, a total of like two to three picks a day and i was just like oh this has got awful we're we're gonna finish this mock draft by the time the season ends and that that's not appropriate uh for what we're trying to do so i did kind of cut it down to i guess would be the prime spots i i guess i basically told people like don't worry you don't have a bench in this league don't worry about defense uh defense and special teams or or kickers unless you want to draft them this early so i think what was it zach we went 10 rounds or nine rounds i always Uh, forget we went nine rounds it was the basic uh starting lineup quarterback Two, uh, two running back, two wide receiver, and then a tight end and a flex, um, which was running back, wide receiver, tight end. The standard um, RCL, Raz, the Rasball Commentator League format. Right. We didn't do a kicker or defense. We just did nine rounds. Seven of the um, nine were starting lineups, and then we just did like two bench spots just so I guess the readers could get – an idea of like what sleepers we li- we all liked personally. Yeah, and personally, I feel like some sometimes we did a disservice because I in the tenth round I I or the, I'm sorry the ninth round I drafted Philip Rivers just because I drafted him in every league. Like I I actually throw a hissy fit if I don't get Philip Rivers. So actually people trigger me if if they draft. Actually, you know I find it odd that I think only a few the the last three years that we've done the RCLs. Or I guess it's two years and this is going to be the third year. But no one has actually drafted. I think actually it was just like. One or two teams in all the RCLs I've been in have actually drafted Philip Rivers before me, and uh, so I, I think people understand that I'll probably get you know triggered if that happen if I don't get my Philip Rivers. But or I could just be I could just be saying this, and they really want me to take Philip Rivers, so my team will lose in the in the last uh, four weeks of the season because that's when Rivers usually falls off. So maybe that's more it. But I'm um, not I'm not trying to make up for my gaffe earlier. But I just wanted to go out on a limb and say I love Philip Rivers this year, and I, I think, yeah yeah I, no I think he's a great QB. I completely support what you just said. I think you're 110 percent correct, and uh, <laughs> I think you are the best football mind. You are the premier football mind <laughs> of this chat right now, this roundtable. So anyhow, let's let's get to the first round now. Everyone who we have here was in was part of the mock draft, so I do want to uh, go through this. Let's see, Kevin, you had the second pick. Uh, you went with Le'Veon Bell. Nothing special there. Did you? Were you considering anybody else there? At number two, I mean, I would have taken Bell number one. This is obviously before his suspension. Uh, right. so screw that guy for making the draft look terrible. And I was actually about to take D'Angelo as a handcuff right when the suspension got the suspension got announced. So I got screwed mm-hmm. in this one. But uh, wait, was this was this before the suspension or after? This, this was, was before. before, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So that makes more sense. I would, you know, I could still argue taking Bell early just because you know his six games are better than a lot of people's twelve games. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't have taken him at two. I probably would have taken either Julio or Gurley. Um, but yeah, I was happy at the time because Bell would have been my number one. So I, I, I thought I was off to a great start. Okay, and let's see, Zach. Uh, out of the people who drafted, you're the one who drafted next. I mean, not you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're up in line. Um, you went with uh, AP. Oh, so the hamstring. You're not too worried about the hamstring that you mentioned earlier, right? No. Um, I get everyone's concern with him being. I want to say 33 years old now. I get everyone's concern about you know older running backs are now, you know, they eventually hit that time in their lives where the the production starts to fall a lot. And until that happens, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know what, I'm not not going to take him. If he ends up hitting a wall and 
there's nothing you can do about it, like what we saw with Marshawn Lynch this year. I think Jarek McKinnon is a great late-round sleeper that um, he can easily come in and pick up right where he left off. But um, for me, and I play in a whole bunch of fantasy leagues where I think for this year, at least at least five of them are going to go Brown, Julio, Odell Beckham for at least the first three to four picks. And I don't, I, I don't want DeAndre Hopkins this high, so I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to take the best running back on the board. Well, obviously before the injury, I thought the best running back on the board is Lev Bell, but in my personal opinion now, he's the best running back, and so I didn't want DeAndre Hopkins or any of the other. Hey, okay, so um, next up. Real quick, Larry, real quick. So you are racist and support child <laughs> It, it, dude, I I have had better days. I have had better days than man, this. Man, T Hole just got real dude. with you, man. He's calling you out. I mean, was Ezekiel Elliott off the board? I mean, is Ray Rice a late right I don't know. I don't know, man. I'll probably just quit after this. I mean, Riley Cooper is he next? What's going on? I'll, I'll tell my five <laughs> readers. I'll tell my five readers that they'll have to look somewhere else. Man, I I love Riley Cooper. He where else are you gonna find a Grand Wizard uh, without Lord of the Rings? You know that was. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, that that was like uh, that was right off the that was right off the top of my head, guys. That was uh, that was pure genius right there. Anyhow, T Hole had the next pick, and I hate to admit it when T Hole is right, but I feel like. Not only did he, I feel like, get one of the best running backs of the round, he also got one of like, the best value picks of the first round because he went with David Johnson. I have him ranked pretty high. I think everyone does. But, you know, obviously with the caveat that we mentioned earlier that, you know, Le'Veon Bell's suspension hadn't gone through. And since this is half PPR, you probably want to get Julio Jones. You definitely want to get Antonio Brown and Nodell Beckham in there. But then, you know, it's kind of a mix between Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, and Ezekiel Elliott. And I like David Johnson right at this at this spot. But, Teal, did were you considering anyone else, or were you for sure going David Johnson here? Who was left right there? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was left. DeAndre Hopkins that Zach mentioned. Uh, the Gronk was left. Yeah, and then I guess you could have gone Evans maybe. You could have gone Green, maybe yeah, Bryant. I don't know. Yeah, so I would normally go, yeah, receiver unless there's a real hog on the board there. And, yeah, David Johnson, who saw a lot of people consensusly had it, like, in the top two or three running backs overall. Do I have him? I think I have him at, like, five or six, actually. Uh, I think I have... Him and Ezekiel Elliott are probably right next to each other on mine. I'm a little concerned with uh, Arians talking about Chris Johnson and some of the other running backs possibly getting carries, which is extremely annoying. Uh, but this guy's got to be got top five written all over him. He gets the short yardage stuff. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. I mean, he should go off. I love the pick. I bounced back and took another receiver with my next pick. We'll get into that later. I know everybody's excited to hear about it. I'm sure they are, Teal, uh, as you are yourself, I'm sure, more than us. Um, I went – I was up next. I went with Gronk. Really quick, funny story on this. When I first started running this site, which was two years ago, my two biggest mistakes uh, that season – I mean, we still ended up close to the 20 percentile for rankings, but my two biggest mistakes was Ryan Matthews, uh, which, you Ooh. know, I totally take blame for. I, I, I have this weird thing where I always rank Chargers uh, super high. I don't know what it is. I feel like – if I actually toned down my Chargers rankings, I would actually be in the top 15, top 10 of rankers. So we're going to try that out this year. I said that last year, but I, I still ranked Melvin Gordon like over Todd Gurley, which was another uh, – yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with me. But the other one was Rob Gronkowski. I think I, I ranked him like – I don't know, all the tight ends, I think I ranked him eight or something ridiculous um, just because you know the injury risk was too much for me. And I, I don't know. 
obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and he he ended up being the number one tight end. And last season he was completely amazing. So I, you know, maybe this is my pragmatic way of dealing with that, like subconsciously uh, getting Gronk in the first round. I'm okay with them here. It's half PPR. So moving on to round two, you know, I went with Allen Robinson just because uh, at this point I realized I took a tight end, so I'm free to, you know, that position's done. And usually when people ask me advice on PPR leagues, they ask me, like, should I go running back, wide receiver, wide receiver? Should I go wide receiver, running back, wide receiver? You know, any type of those combos. I always tell them, you know what, just take all wide receivers. In, th- in this format, you can be justified. Like, unless what T-Hole said, which he made a great point, unless there's, like, a true... Can I, uh, can I say something about... Uh, Sammy Watkins real quick? Yeah, only, only... Okay, let's make a deal. You can talk about Sammy Watkins if you merely talk about Devonta Freeman. How about that? If I talk about him or if I don't talk about Devonta Freeman? No, if you do talk about him. Yeah, I can talk about... Yeah, I can talk no, about unlike, him. No, unlike you, I want, I believe in free speech, Zach. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, I'm not kidding. Sort of. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so, I, I have a big issue with Sammy Watkins. I think they're oh. rushing him. Should I mute T hole? Should I mute T hole again? Uh, you you can do what you want. <laughs> I I have a big big problem with Sammy Watkins, and I have and I have an even bigger problem with Tyrod Taylor. And I know that's not that's not going to make T hole like me anymore. But I I think number one they're rushing him. Like it's not even about fantasy at this point. It's about his health as a football player. He had the injury history last year. He hasn't been one hundred percent healthy at Clemson. And now it went from he's going to be out for a couple months to he's only going to miss a couple weeks of training camp. And now it's at he's not going to miss any time at all. In an interview with I want to say maybe like the local radio station in Buffalo, the GM of the Bills, Doug Whaley, came on and said in the same interview when he said, yeah, we don't know what the issue is going to be with Sammy Watkins, he also mentioned that football is not a sport humans should naturally be playing. Oh, wait wait a second. You're telling me that Buffalo has a radio station? <laughs> yes, they, they have a radio station. All right. Now, well, the second point. Obviously, I don't think human bodies are made for any kind of physical sports, uh, except maybe, I don't know, stretching, yoga, if that's a physical – it's not really a physical sport. But, you know, that's the – I mean, why, what are you saying there? Also, yeah, so I think that it's kind of worrisome that I think personally they're rushing him back to the field, and I don't think that's ever a good sign for someone trying to come back from – a really injury-riddled history. And aside from the injury concerns, um, the head coach, Rex Ryan, and I'm blanking on their OC name, Greg Roman. Greg Roman and Rex Ryan love to run the ball. They they added Reggie Bush, but they also, I think, and just because of how much they believed in him last year, I think – LaShawn McCoy is going to get he's they're going to let him get as many carries as they want and they're both run oriented that's how they like to win football games and even when he was back in New York it was all about running the ball and relying on your defense and I don't know if they're going to let Tyrod Taylor throw the ball 30 plus times they might and I totally get what T-Hole's saying and I think he's 100% I I think he I think you called him out I think you called him out (laughs) why can't I think it was it was last year after all these guys were hurt anyway that Watkins really started going off. Like I mean, I thought it was going to be sick when they had Percy Harvin. Man, I could just I could just see T Hole just listening to Mecklemore, just like when he talks. That's how that's where he gets the beat from Mecklemore, right? That's your boy, Mecklemore. 
<laughs> I wouldn't admit to that, man. I'll go ahead and delete that. I probably won't, but I'll, I'll think about deleting it from the pod. All right, so we are running out of time. Um, I know I promised you Freeman time, uh, Zach, but I do want to get to Kevin's pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. But with Devontae Freeman, let's just do it like this. There, there are reports that they want to, you know, take back a little bit of his, uh, his, his work uh, this season, give him a little less uh, volume. Uh, do you believe that, or no? Hundred um, percent. I, I even wrote this in both the Razball the. Um, Mock draft recap, and I've also said that Devonta Freeman is going to be a bust this year in the Sleepers, Breakouts, and Busts article series thing that I did. Um, simply put, I don't know what I was thinking when I made this pick. I wouldn't have made it again. All right. Um, moving on to Kevin. You, you had the sandwich uh, into round three. You went with Mark Ingram, which is such a drastic change from past seasons. I never thought Ingram was going to arrive. Um, it took him long enough, obviously, but here he is, and I think it's justifiable uh, taking him this high. And then you have Amari Cooper, who I'm a huge fan of. And like other Charger fans, I actually think Oakland has a lot of potential, especially this season. I feel like this season they could actually put a lot of wins together uh, based on their schedule. What, what are your thoughts on, on your picks, man? Yeah, the Ingram pick, in hindsight, I was I kind of – assume that Smokey, who was on the, the actual turn after taking uh, Antonio Brown first, I thought he might take Ingram, so I thought I, I wanted to take him before getting to Smokey there. Um, in hindsight, that was not a good decision because I really wanted Keenan Allen, um, and Smokey took him on the turn, so uh, I would have liked a lot better taking Keenan in the second and then taking either Ingram or Cooper in the second uh, in the third, whoever fell to me. But I think Ingram's going to have a big year. I think that that Saints offense is going to be good as ever um and i just you know i think he's the the bell cow back there so i'm all in on him and then uh amari cooper i i think oakland's gonna be a very exciting team um he's their clear number one and you do have at least a, a viable number two in crabtree to take some heat off him uh and i think the the tight end there walford uh i think his name is gonna step up a little bit too so it won't be as cooper dominant as it was last year all right i as as your host, I should recommend to all the listeners to follow these people. They'll be accompanying me for the podcast season. This is uh, this is a new season. We're being sponsored by Blog Talk Radio and other sponsors, so we're really excited about the partnership uh, with all these people. And I would like to send special thanks to our new um, uh, front-end music. I don't even know what you call it, like our introduction music. It isn't actually football-related. We used to have a Razzball song. It was like the Razzball theme uh, that was done by Nick, the old podcast host. But the problem was... Like, during the song, it mentioned, um, uh, what's that guy who shot himself in the leg? Uh, remember that receiver? Uh, what's his face? Plexico. Yeah, Plexico There's a line in the song about Plexico Burst, like, shooting himself in the leg, and the more I listen to it, the more I realize, like, this is so outdated. Like, I mean, this is, like, what is this, the 90s? I think this happened in the year, in the 2000s, right? This, this happened a long time ago, like... This happened in my 20s, uh, so this was – I was like, eh, this feels a little dated. So um, a good friend of mine uh, during my college years, his name is Jared Chambers. Um, a lot of his writing, he goes by Shadow Kid. Um, he's, he usually sends me a whole bunch of music. I, uh, I don't know. People send people steaks. He sends me music. I don't know who sends – maybe this is my subconscious way of telling him that he should send me steaks instead of um, music. But um, I picked a lovely track of his to intro the show. I'd like to thank him. And one thing that all of us did not talk about that I want to end the show on, very sad news, was uh, Dennis Green passing away. Um, he, he is known most uh, for, you know, we, we'll get to that, but I did want to say he was a pretty good coach. Um, uh, but he kind of, 
his uh, he were uh, you know we they were who they thought they were. He's most known for that. It was like a meme before dank memes existed, I believe. So um, uh, we're gonna end the show on that moment. Um, I'm gonna have that loaded up. I know you guys won't be able to hear it, but you'll get to hear it on the show if you guys want to listen to yourselves talk. Um, on the episode, but I do want to thank the listeners for tuning in with us. I want to thank T. Holbedic. Uh, that I just totally fucked up your last name, man. I, you know what it is, T. Hole. It's that one. It's like that one episode last year when you. It was like the first episode where you said, "Yeah, T. Holbedic," and then it was the episode after that where you're like, "Yeah, I'm T. Holbedic." And so mentally, I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. It's like in like an amorphous recreation of both. So anyhow, I'd like to thank T. Hole. I'd like to thank Zach. I'd like to thank Kevin. I'd like to thank Jen for all joining me. This is your first episode. Next week we'll be talking about rankings, whatever the latest news is, and I guess politics. This is now a political podcast, so I guess I should add that to category. Anyhow, thanks everyone for listening, and thanks you guys for joining me on the show. Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What do you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way. No, we. You know, I mean, we we just uh, the Bears are what we thought they were. What they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.